0: it's all good okay hello everybody and welcome to the thing sorry about the the lateness of the uh of the uh of of, of, well basically the late morning when i decided to do this just to say i sort of decided to do it this morning because as you know i uh did a live stream. Did a couple of live streams during the week. I did one with Darren Matthews on Wednesday. so you go and check that out. It's on, the whole video is up on YouTube. And you can also get it on your, your podcast thing. Um, and then the next day I did one with Jerry Carroll. The West Belfast MLA with, from People Before Profit. And the software that I used decided to be a complete bastard. And not work. And honest to God, I'm so fucking disappointed that it didn't work, because Jerry was a great guest. He was a love, great, great fella. Very fond of him. Um. Just going to check them that this is that this is working. By the way. So. There we go. So we're all working. So we kind of, um, this is coming up as, uh, oh, with Jerry Carroll, people before Prophet. Okay. This is not that I'm just going to delete that. Emergency. I'll just type this in now. Emergency life. Stream, put in like a fucking fell on the keyboard. There we go. So, as you know, as I was saying, uh, Jerry was fantastic. We talked about everything. We talked about United Ireland. We talked about people before profit in general. We talked about the Dublin Bay South Bay election, which was uh, taking place that day. And the uh, people before profit candidate uh, down there, um, Bridget. Purcell, I think her name was. I can't, sorry, I might be wrong. Um, We spoke about so much foreign policy stuff. We spoke about what it's like to be in the assembly, what it's like working alongside, you know, and, and he is alongside, like Jim Allister. He's literally the, the the mirror polar opposite of Jerry politically and they're sitting opposite sides of the, of the, the storm in the chamber. So we kind of, uh, we talked about all of that, and it was great. And I really enjoyed it. And he was such a great guy. A lovely fella. Very, I grew very fond of him very quickly. And then... It all fucked up. All my stuff. My voice recorded. So I started like I'm talking to myself. And Jerry's didn't record. And I don't know why. The software is literally kicking my hole. Right now. Um, I am a bit all over the place with it. I had to come in here and... Do fucking basically uninstall and reinstall and do everything again and uh, pain in the arse. I'm not even going to bother. I'm not going to bore you with the details. But I will grab my my bits. So the reason I decided to do this was I'm not going to go over the stuff with Jerry, obviously, because Jerry's not here. But I will go over. I brought up the topic of imperialism, Western imperialism, American imperialism and what's going on. In Afghanistan at the minute, and a few other places. So I wanted—I didn't want to waste that because it is current. And Jerry's going to come back on. By the way, he's very gracious. I sent him an email, and he, he said, "Listen, we can do it again. It's okay. Enjoyed the chat anyway, which is very nice of him to say." Yeah, he's a very busy man. He's very active in the community. He was—he left our podcast to go and do to go to another meeting, and then this is another thing. I was—I was at a gig on Thursday. With the Bonneville. So we played a little gig and it was a little it wasn't a big thing. It was basically it was in somebody's backyard and backyard bar, that built over thing. But it was these sort of it's called the Clash Against the Right, C A T R and is this organization across Europe called Clash Against the Right. And uh they did they did this little gig thing in the garden and it was just them and their little group of people punks, old punks from Belfast, and it was great, and we played an acoustic set, so we worked on a few acoustic tunes, we just played half a dozen songs, but it was lovely to play out, it was a real joy, so um, we did that on Thursday, but one of the guys I was talking to, who um, uh, I invited, because he's a shop steward and he's a, he runs that clash against the right thing, and he's a real sort of socialist communist guy, and I invited him to come on the podcast at some point, so we're going to work on that in the future. But he was talking about Jerry as well. I told him about the the problems that I had with the with the live stream, and how how I was was that Thursday or Friday? I fuck, my days are all fucked up. Um, so spoke. Uh, um, I was telling him about Jerry, and he was all, "Yes, oh, Jerry's a great guy, and he's and hitting." He ranted about Jerry for ten minutes about how awesome he was, and he always turns up at things. He always he's always there to lend his support so that's what he was doing after our stream so we did our thing and he said listen i have to go at six o'clock because of a thing to go to so he's that sort of a guy yeah, he's real active in the community he's not like these fucking politicians that show up for photo ops and then yeah that's that's the last of it you hear about them like you see them now up in belfast all the unionists and turning up at the bonfires walking into tiger's bay jim allister will never go into fucking tiger's bay again for the rest of his life Fuck him so but anyway so, Jerry's going to come back on, thank fuck, and and do the thing with me. And I promise that I'll have it all sorted out, although I'm not fucking confident. And I'm not going to invite him on until I am confident. I'm not going to invite anybody on until I'm confident. I was supposed to have Mick Conlon on next Wednesday. We'll see how we get on with that. I really don't know. Um. Uh, yeah, so, there we go. It's just the software is kicking my fucking arse. I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I seem to not be doing, it just seems to work and it doesn't work. Come out here and it does, it's all working. Like the exact same thing as the settings I used with Darren Matthews the day before. Worked. Exact same thing. Go to use it for Jerry Carroll the next day. It doesn't work. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm old as fuck. I may just have to accept it. But let's push on. So here we go. So what what I was talking about with Jerry was this. Um, it started with last week. Uh, I don't know if you know Donald Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld was a defense secretary for the George W. Bush administration, and I use the word defense secretary because it's only a title that they give themselves, but there's very little defense involved. It's aggression. Secretary, and he was the guy that was at the helm of orchestrating what is now referred to as the forever war, right, so what does that mean, well you go into a country to go to war, but you don't leave, which is what America's tactic has been, America's never left anywhere, I mean America's still in Germany for fuck's sake after World War II, it's got bases all over the fucking planet, as you know. And it's got a defense budget that is t- that is greater than the next 10 countries combined. So you add up the defense budgets, the military budgets, let's call it that, from China, Russia, UK, India, all, whatever the top 10 countries are, America's on its own is greater than that. America spends $700 billion plus per year on defense, air quotes, defense. Uh, very little of it is actually used for anything remotely resembling defence it's aggression imperialism and they use the money to lay up profits for multinational corporations and they do and don't say that they don't right so Donald Trump Donald Trump, fuck me Donald Rumsfeld Donald Rumsfeld was the defence secretary that brought that vision of the neocon, neoliberal forever war concept to fruition along with others, along with Karl Rove George W. Bush being the, the puppet at the top of the American tree, but Karl Rove Donald Rumsfeld and a few others were the people that Brought that to its conclusion, and the result is we've been, we've been, we've. I say we. When I say we, I mean we in the West, because I'm, i on. I live under the British jurisdiction against my will, um, but obviously it means Britain as well. So I, I use the we, the royal we. Let's say that <laughs> have been in Afghanistan for 20 years. Now, if you think about that, that means there are young men, soldiers, American soldiers, Australian soldiers, British soldiers, French soldiers, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I don't know if the French are in there. I think they may be. I'm not sure. I think I mean, they've already had their asses kicked in Afghanistan once. You would think they would refrain from going back for a second kicking. But anyway, there should be young men would go to, can go to, and have been, they've gone to Afghanistan to go to war. And that war's been on longer than they've been alive. Because we've been in Afghanistan almost 20 years. You can join the military at 16, you can go to war at 18. Right? So think about that. That's obscene. And then, that's obscene on its own. But then you have to consider, what was achieved? Well, the pretense for going to war in the first place was fake okay. So they could have got, if they wanted to get Osama Bin Laden or whatever it was, they could have got him without invading the entirety of Afghanistan, which is where imperial armies go today. Afghanistan is has never been conquered for, for various reasons. The, the ferocity of the, the indigenous people and the terrain just mountains. You can't you can have all the tanks you want. You're not getting through that shit. Right? So, even America, the greatest, the biggest, most powerful army ever assembled, most technologically advanced, is leaving with its tail between its legs. And it is. But there's more to that than than you might think. So, that's who Donald Rumsfeld is. Donald Rumsfeld died last week. Good, I say. Um. He's, he's, now, he's now in his rightful uh, place sitting by Satan's right hand burning in hell forever. And fuck him. So what did Donald Rumsfeld bring us real quick? Classics like this. For those of you listening to this. It's a famous picture from Bagram Herbius with a man standing on a box with a hood over his head. And two wires attached to his hands being electrocuted. This is what they call enhanced interrogation. It's not torture. Enhanced interrogation. Don't confuse the two. They're not the same. Well, if you're getting electrocuted, it might feel a bit tortury. But it's not. According to the Americans, it's not. According to everybody else, it's a bit torture. What about this for a classic? Oh yes, remember the the military, uh, the 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 marines, laying across the with the woman Heather or something her name was wasn't it, laying across the pile of naked Iraqi uh, prisoners, humiliating them. That's all. This this was just a human taking a photograph, going look at me, mom, and. That was a good one. That was a classic. That's one of my favorites. I like that one. Not torture. Definitely not torture, though. Don't be, uh, don't be confusing it for torture. Torture is what other people do. It's not what we do, us white people in the West, bringing goddamn freedom to the brown people. And then we go in there and we destroy their countries. We create civil war, we create strife, we create factionalism, This is what happened here in Ireland. A part of what happened here in Ireland. The British understood that if they could, if they could create f- division among the local people and exploit those divisions, if there was a division already there, if there was a little bit of r- rancor between a couple of clans, they could exploit that. And then in our disorganisation we end up where we ended up. So that's that's your classic white western neoliberal. And also one of the greatest of all time, which still exists to this day. Guantanamo Bay. Who can forget that? Had you forgot about it, had you forgot about Guantanamo Bay, that Guantanamo Bay was a thing and still exists. What is Guantanamo Bay? Guantanamo Bay is an area of Cuba that the U.S. never left, that the Cubans couldn't get them to leave. Remember what I said earlier on about the Americans never fucking leave anywhere? They they built their base. On the pretense or the, pre- the pretext of stemming the flow of communism right so that's why they're still there little quick history lesson Fidel Castro went to the UN in New York in 1950 whatever the year was 80 uh, 58 59 something like that and asked the American administration to meet him because he didn't want he wanted him. Uh, introduce a socialist regime, uh, not a regime, a socialist democracy into Cuba you got to remember this, the communists within Castro's army was the likes of Che and Raul Raul Castro F- F- uh, Fidel's brother and che-, che Guevara they were the communists whenever they took uh, Havana whenever they took the island and um, Batis, um, Batista fled. Fidel Castro deliberately kept share and Raúl outside. They put them in char- He put them in charge of things outside the capital, in order to, to stem their influence of the, the communist influence spreading through the troop, the troops, and the people. He wanted to keep them busy doing other things because his idea was socialism. Now, it's not that he was against communism, but he preferred socialism. But he kept the communist thing. Now, America is coming after you. It's keeping an embargo in place. The Soviets are reaching out. What are you going to do? But before that all happened, Fidel went to New York and asked the American asked the American administration to meet him to to not launch ground invasions to not to let them get on with their shit. They want, Fidel wanted to be an ally. What he wanted to do was end the exploitation of the Cuban people, which was ridiculous and bad and cruel and serious, a real bad thing that was going on in, the, in those islands. The Americans wouldn't let him do it. They wouldn't even, they, they sent, at the time it was Richard Nixon, who was, I don't know what his, he might have been, I think he was vice VP at that time. They sent him, they wouldn't send anybody else. And it was considered a little bit of an insult. So that's why Cuba is communist. Cuba could have been socialist, but we know that socialism won't be allowed to raise its head in South America. Because America, the South Americas and the middle Americas is what the U.S. calls their backyard, which is an offensive term. It means that they think... And you hear people in American media and people that consider themselves to be leftists and liberals use that term, our backyard, as if they've got a right to interfere in other people's countries. And they believe it. And they do believe it. And they do it. So, that's why Cuba is communist. So America keeps its base there, which is the, the 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 now well, it was always notorious, but now notoriouser, Guantanamo Bay. It's still there, there are still people in Guantanamo Bay. Somebody's son, somebody's father, was processed through that hellhole. Remember the enhanced interrogation that went on that place, where we discovered. The joys of waterboarding, something that none of us had ever heard of until Guantanamo Bay, until the, Amer- the American, I mean, this, is, this was a, a well-known, well-practiced torture technique among people that would engage in such practices. They had never heard of it. Most of us had never heard of it, never heard of such a thing. What is water- waterboarding? You lay someone on a table you put a cloth across their face and you pour water onto the cloth, and it 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 simulates the sensation of drowning, right Now, America creates this uh, territory called Guantanamo Bay in Cuba that is not on the u s mainland is reason for that because it means then that they can do these things and they can keep these uh, individuals under military law and not civilian law, if they bring them on sh- on, on on the American territory, they have to go, the, the civil rights lawyers and they will end up in the American court system. So that's why they kept them there, so that they could torture them. And these people turned over no information. N- it's ne- it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a success. In that, in, in, in that sense, other than to torture and terrify, Maybe that, maybe it was a psychological exercise. Tell your children before they go to bed at night, do you be careful, you end up going to Mobile like your dad did. It's nice, isn't it? And then, I'm reminded when you think about that, I'm also reminded of all the fucking commentators, whenever they deemed that waterboarding wasn't torture, because there was a debate about it, whether it was, is it torture? Is it, is it blah, 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 blah. all these fucking gobshites? One of which I'm going to show you in a minute. Not talking about torture, talking about something else. But the same fucking neo-lib attitude. It's not torture because it's not the same. It's enhanced interrogation. This language, and you got to understand, this is the importance of language in these situations. These words are chosen deliberately because they obfuscate from the facts, from the reality. And the Iraq war was the thing that opened that up. And the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan. The war against terror. This is the another one of those sentences. Yeah. So you end up with these words that obfuscate deliberately to be sort of catch-all phrases that can be manipulated and mean anything. What does, think about it, what does enhanced interrogation mean? It can mean anything. But it's not torture. That's a different thing. The war on terror. What the fuck does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. The tri- what are the, the triangle of terror? Is it Cuba, North Korea, Iraq, Iran. Sorry. It, th- these phrases mean nothing? But they get recycled through the the media, which is owned by the owned and run and work for the 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 intelligence services, the CIA's and the MI sixes and the MI fives and the MI six and all that shit, right? So that's why we. So anyway, I digress. But so this enhanced interrogation, and I'll never forget. Every commentator that was challenged to go and try it. There was people like Bill Maher, who's supposed to be a fucking liberal, has a television show, has had for 20 fucking more or more years, one of the most famous liberals in the U.S., Spends whatever amount of time Saying that Enhanced interrogation, waterboarding Isn't torture So then he gets challenged Well try it then Eventually Not straight away But eventually He go, He agrees to try it How long did he last? Seconds Seconds Another one Um, what do you call that fucking gub on a stick with a big fat head? Glenn something. Psychopath. It was on Fox News for years. Can't remember his name. He did it. Same. Seconds. Lasted seconds. Changed their mind. This is torture. Because you're similarly drowning. If you've ever nearly drowned I have um it's uh it's awful, it's terrible. You think you're going to die and you your lungs explode and it's a, it's torture. So, bring us right up to date. So there's a, there's this dude, we shall, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but I'm going to introduce you to him. He's a person called Vosh. Just gonna tee this up so that you can see it. There we go. Where am I there? That should come up on the screen. There we go. This is him. So he's a he's a commentator, and he calls he's a, he's supposed to be a leftist. And he in, in in indeed in many ways he is. But there are a couple of things that you must understand. For me, this is my definition of a leftist, and I won't be persuaded otherwise. You have to be anti-imperialist and anti-capitalist, right? If you're not, you're not a leftist. And there's a lot of infighting goes on the left, we know this. And I'll take my allies from anywhere, but if you advocate for the invasion of other people's countries in order to steal their national resources under the guise of helping the fucking locals, which never, that bit never happens. That bit never fucking happens. Show me the Afghanis, the Iraqis, the Syrians, the Libyans, the Haitians, the Colombians, the Venezuelans, the Cubans. Show me the people that are helped by American and Western imperialism. Show me. I can't find one. Never seen one, never heard of one, was never introduced to one. Never. There must be one somewhere. So you must be anti-imperialist. I come at that from, two, from from a basic anti-imperialist stance. It's wrong. You shouldn't be invading other people's countries. End of fucking story. Okay. And also, I'm Irish. I understand imperialism. I've, I live in it. My country has been divided by imperialism. And to this day, I live in... The occupied six counties, as they as it's referred to by many. So I understand imperialism. Maybe from if you're not if you're not Irish and you, and you don't live in a place like this, maybe you don't get it. But I do. I grew up in it. I grew up with British soldiers pointing guns at me walking down the street for nothing. I know people that like got killed by loyalist terrorists, and I know, you know the republican terrorists did awful things as well and killed, murdered, and I don't support that either. But the first instance is the imperialism. That's what started. So you say, who started, the, who started the troubles? Was it the UVF? Was it the loyalists or the republicans? It was the fucking British. The Brits did it. They started it. You can't invade people's countries and then not expect them to fight back. You can't fucking put people in Guantanamo Bay and not expect that to radicalize someone. Somebody's son, somebody's father. And then, there's another word, and I just used it there, as convenient as you like, radicalize. What does radicalize mean? This is a word that has come up in this war against terror, these radicals, they became radicalized. Why did they become radicalized? Was it because you dropped a fucking half a million pound fucking missile on their wedding? And wiped out three generations of their family? Pretty fucking radicalizing if you ask me. That's not a radical. That's somebody looking revenge. There's a fucking difference. You can't run around the world doing these things and not expect people to hate you. It doesn't make fucking sense. And this is the this is the disconnect between this fucking dick and what goes on on the ground. Sitting in his fucking... Wherever the fuck he's from, I don't even know. He's, he's somewhere in America. America, right. I'm going to introduce you to this person and the reason i introduce you to this guy he's fucking massive i don't mean fat i mean massive hundreds of thousands of followers on youtube he's big on twitch if you're old as fuck like me you don't even know what twitch is it's big it's a gaming thing the gamers the kids love the, the the they go on twitch and they do their their twitching and they game and they chat and they video it and they put it up and people watch and they talk while they're gaming. And the right have done that for a decade, or not quite, but getting on. And they've been they've been converting a lot of youth. And you see the rise of proud boys, and a lot of it happened on Twitch. So this guy decides to go on to Twitch and start coming out from a leftist perspective. Was a fantastic idea, and he's very good. He's very successful, I should say. He, he bores the tits clean off of me because he's one of these, you'll see it in, especially in American leftist discourse, especially on YouTube and especially on, in podcasting and stuff, you've got this thing where they do what they call debates. So we get Vosh versus somebody, right? And you get, so you get these consider they're considered to be quite intellectual so people like ben shapiro and vosh and Ben Shapiro's on one side Vosh would be in the other and you've, you've you've all these different and they debate each other and it's a like, Vosh destroys this guy or ben shapiro destroys this other guy and it's all about this uh the, the coming together of two two ideologies and somebody has to lose right so but the th- this is the thing: to debate properly, there are techniques, there are things you can do, there are ways to lay traps to catch your opponent. It is like that. It's not you and me having a discussion where we maybe disagree on a few things, and I can come up with you, you come up, with, and no one. There's no winner. You have a discussion with me, and real, well, there's no winner. We're just talking, right? I may convince you of something. You may convince me of something. And we go about it. This is not what this is. This is this. Oh, it's conflict this coming together of two worlds and there has to be a loser which shows you a little bit of the 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 mindset of the modern american capitalist binary world discourse world so that's what they do and if I was ever asked to go and debate anybody like that, I would refuse, because they would make me look like a complete asshole. They would make me look like a fool. They're very wordy. They're very well educated. They could re- they could pull references out of their asses for some book and that was written in the mid- blah, 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 blah. It was boring as fucking hell. Right? And it would put you off almost. So, that's who this guy is. And I'll read a little bit. And you say, well, why are you ragging on him, Andrew? Well, I'll tell you why. I'll show you in a second. So here's his, from YouTube, U- YouTube fandom, who is Vosh? Vosh is claimed to be fairly left-wing. His politics greatly shifted in high school when he became friends with a teacher he had for an advanced level course. One of the YouTubers that inspired him was Twitch streamer Destiny, a.k.a. Stephen Baum. Bon- Destiny is another one of these, again, as you just heard. A a Twitch streamer, YouTuber, he's called Destiny. Uh, Despite seeing him as a reactionary at the time, he cites him as someone who he learned from. Right, so. So here we go. Vosh holds there was stuff about his personal life. I don't give a fuck about. Vosh holds left wing views and identifies as a libertarian market socialist a libertarian market socialist I don't understand what that means now if you call yourself a libertarian socialist that's an idea, that's a concept that hasn't quite come together but I understand it I used to use it myself because I like to be left alone but I also don't mind the idea of paying taxes and then if I get sick of there's a hospital or for me to go to. I like the idea of a community and a society, but basically I like to be left alone. I don't want the state interfering too much in my life. So that's sort of a crossover there. Doesn't quite work. Doesn't quite add up. When I was younger and getting into politics and trying to understand the different points of view, I would have used that phrase. As I'm older now, I go, no, nah, it doesn't. So I don't use it anymore. Libertarian market socialist, on the other hand, doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. So, however, he has said he doesn't care for the label that is put onto him and identifies more like a leftist in general. That's fair enough. In spite of this, he despises authoritarian leftism. Don't we all? In fact, having heavily opposed people espousing political questions similar to that of Mao Zedong and Joseph Stalin in the past who he refers to as tankies. His long-term goals are similar to those of an anarchist, meaning he believes in the conditional abolition of all unjust hierarchy in society. Fair enough. However, he stopped labeling himself as any kind of anarchist in November 20th, 2019 due to his belief in intermediary the age between capitalism now they see this is where we're getting fucking this is where these guys talk that's boring as fuck and that's why you can't debate them because this is what the way they talk right debates in a debate with carol benjamin aka sargon of the archive if you don't know who these people are you should check them out they're fucking hilarious Sargon of a cad, they're real, they're they're, they're, they're personal, they've got, you see, fucked up we beard, we shaved up beard and all, and the very right wing. Um, uh, Ian claimed that Carol was a neo-Nazi, and he hates brown people, due to his views on immigration, and in debate with Stephen De Burrell, aka Destiny, regarding Kyle Rittenhouse, that dude that shot people. Ian cited Marvel movies in his argument, it was really, widely ridiculed for this. But anyway, so they do this. They get well paid for it. They get lots and lots of views. It's reposted, reposted, and reposted, and they get very, very well paid. So why do I bring this up? Why, do, why, am I, why am I bothering you with this? Well, there's a reason. I've been very suspicious of Vosh and his people and his type for quite a while now. I've been aware of him, followed him, I don't engage. Why he certainly doesn't engage with me. I mean, this guy is has got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers, and his mass is, is in the YouTube and Twitch streaming on this. He's fucking massive, as I've said. But as as I become more aware of him, I have started to unfollow him because I've realised what he is. He's full of shit. And he's a classic, he calls himself a leftist. I don't know what his leftist credentials are, because again, I haven't looked into him beyond surface level. And the reason is because to me, he appears clearly to be a classic American modern liberal. And I wouldn't be surprised if over time he shifts and admits that as he gets older. Here he is. I'm going to show you a video of him. And here he is Advocating for imperialism. And this was just the other day, and this did the rounds. Come up on lots of my I follow some very. I follow lots of communists and all that sort of stuff. Very leftist people. And the, this come up and everyone's fucking disgusted. So check this out. 30 second clip. You'll be able to hear it on the podcast and you can watch it on the YouTube. Here we go.
1: If we pulled out, if we allowed these countries to destabilize, you know what would happen within 10 years? Gu- Guaranteed, you know what would happen within 10 years? I bet you more than anything. America pulls out with no exit strategy, no long term plan for supporting these countries. These countries fail. And they t- turn into I mean, we're talking Cambodia level. We're talking fields of corpses. China will come in with boots on the ground and fix their problems, and they'll be Chinese vassal states for the next century. If right. we pulled out if
0: He's taught right, so that's a 30-second clip. I could talk about that Fernar. Just just that. About why this is so fucked. I'm going to play it to you again. If we pulled out. Now this is a leftist. Remember what I said earlier on. For me. If you're a leftist. You're anti-imperial. And you're anti-capitalist. Anti-imperial doesn't mean you don't help people. And anti-capitalist doesn't mean you don't buy things. And make things and sell things. Understand the difference. Understand that. You need to Understand. That the propaganda that's been poured down our throats, all our fucking lives, that socialism will lead us to, Stalinism or communism or Chinese communism or Russian Soviet fascism or as Vosh says in Cambodian killing fields, this is bullshit. It's your, it it, it, it. If you believe it, it means one of two things. You either either know you're full of shit, but you're happy to repeat the talking points. And that's all they are, is talking points. Well rehearsed, well worked out talking points. Or if you believe it, or if you don't believe it, it means you've sucked this stuff up and you don't know what you're talking about. I explained to you earlier on why Cuba became communist. Cuba didn't want to, Fidel Castro was a socialist. He accepted the help of the only people on the planet that could help him withstand the onslaught that they were about to face from the USA. That is why Cuba is communist to this day. The embargo that still exists on Cuba and is getting worse. This is why the Cuban people are communist. They they had to do it at the beginning And eventually they went fuck you Became radicalised If you like Sure you would yourself Or you'd like to think you would You'd like to think you had the fucking guts And the balls of the Cuban people To stand up To the USA and tell them to go fuck themselves And no one's saying that the Cuban regime is right No regime is right No government is right But don't compare the Cubans To what we do in Britain, we say we, it's a royal we, haha. Or America, or Australia, or France, or all these other countries that have got imperialism bloodstains all over them. Listen to this again. This fucking idiot. He's not an idiot though. That's fucking annoying as fuck. Here we go. If we pulled out, if we allowed these countries to destabilise, If we allowed these countries to destabilize, I'm going to break it down, I'm going to go through it, right? If we allowed these countries to destabilize, first of all, who the fuck are you allowed to to do anything? Why to destabilize? So you think, so the implication is that America is the stabilizing influence in the world? If we allow these countries to destabilize, well, that means you must think that America is a stabilizing factor. What? As I said, you're either a part of the fucking problem, or you're 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 a part of the propaganda machine, or you're a fucking idiot that sucked it up. If you believe that, that is so fucking wrong. I'm it makes me puke. Let's go.
1: You know what happened within ten years, guaranteed. You know what happened within ten years, guaranteed. I bet you more than anything, America pulls out with no exit strategy, no long term plan for supporting these countries. These countries
0: fail. America pulls out. That means America pushed in to begin with. And I guarantee you this. Vosh, I guarantee you that these countries will fail. I guarantee you, full of shit, I guarantee you this. None of those fucking countries invited America in in the first place. That's the only guarantee. And Vosh can't guarantee shit. Let's go.
1: And they turn into... I mean, we're talking Cambodia level. We're-
0: See, th- this is what's called... It- this is classic neocon. He's hitting them. It's like shooting ducks in a fairground with the little array. right? Ping, got that one. Ping, at that one. Ping, at that one. These countries will fail. Why... They said the exact same thing about us in Ireland. We are uniquely incapable of governing ourselves. We, us, are uniquely incapable. That's what they told people for hundreds of years on this island. And this is a classic imperial tactic. This is what they do. They did it in India. They convinced the Indians that they are fucking subhuman to the fucking magnificent Brits. Which is why 200,000 Brits was able to rule at the height of the empire, a region of 300 million, if you include the whole Indian subcontinent that they controlled. And a part of that is you have to convince the people, and be convinced that you're superior. It's the cover for cruelty. Why did you do that? These people don't fit. They did it with slavery in America. It's okay. Whip them to keep them in check. They don't feel pain like you do. They're different. That happened, by the way, on a massive scale. It's okay. Separate them from their children. They don't feel emotions like you me. They're different. They're subhuman. They're incapable. You're doing them a favour because they can't look after themselves. They're incapable. That's what this dickhead's doing. Exactly that. In 2021, and he calls himself a leftist. Fake as fuck.
1: I mean, we're talking Cambodia level. We're talking fields of corpses. China will come in with boots on the ground and fix their problems. And there'll be Chinese vassal states for the next century.
0: Right. This is, this is, this was the belter for me. China will come in with boots on the ground. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about Afghanistan, Iraq, all the countries that we've named, right? China will come in with boots on the ground. When? Where? Show? Show and tell. Show me. Show me where this has happened. America has disputes about Taiwan and a couple of other countries in, in and around its own territory that it claims to be Chinese and have split off after Western imperialist interference but beyond that where where has China put boots on the ground China has come in with the belt the belt and, and road strategy where they going to help second world, third world countries develop their infrastructure China doesn't put boots on the ground boots on the ground Who do you think of when you hear boots on the ground? The West, America, Britain. America in particular. That's what America does. It's not what China does. And this is a Machiavellian strategy. Machiavelli used this exact same thing. accuse your enemy of that, that of which you are guilty. That's exactly what America does. And he's accusing China of doing it. China have never done it. China have said that they don't want to do it. China have a stand. They, they, they don't want fucking China. And if they are going out into the world, it's in order to 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 defend themselves against the reach of American imperialism, American capitalism, Western capitalism. I'm not defending China, by the way. And this is, a, this is another part of the thing, too. You say, well, where are you going to fucking live in China? I don't want to live in China. I want to live here. And I'm not defending China. I'm having a go with the West. China aren't perfect either. As I said earlier on, no regime is perfect, no country is perfect, no government is perfect, no political party is perfect. But there are levels to these things. I am not afraid of China. China have never done me no harm. Saddam Hussein did fucking shit to me. Nothing. Vladimir Putin's not trying to close my fucking hospital. Boris Johnson is. That's my enemy. That's who I'm afraid of. That's who you should be afraid of too. And if you're living in America where you don't have fucking universal healthcare. care, you're 700 plus billion dollars on fucking missiles and bombs and tanks and planes and soldiers and you don't have a fucking... And if you get sick, you're going to fucking die. If you get a toothache, you can't go to the doctor. Not everybody, of course, the wealthy are fine. It costs you $200,000 to go to university. Plus. And then if you suggest that it's socialism, and because it's socialism, the next thing you end up is, you're obviously going to end up, I mean, where else? The only place you can end up is Soviet fascism. Because that's what happens. One day someone's saying you don't have to pay for to go to school. Next thing you know you're in a gulag. Three minutes later. That's the fucking way these people think. Without... T- there's no... There's no taking into account all the things that cause things to happen. Right? Why is communist, why is Cuba communist? Fidel Castro, beard man bad, Cuba bad, Russia, Soviet, missiles, communism, brr, bad. That's it, no concept, no fucking, no gray areas, no, let's figure out why. And you say, well, why does America, why is America so against socialism? They do not want, why, why does America have this concept of our backyard? It's our backyard. We're entitled to interfere. Because they don't want to see socialism success. A success of socialism in with their neighbour. They can't have it. Because if it works there, it'll filter through. And then the people in America will want it. And then your corporations won't be making as much money as... More money than has ever been made before ever in history. We now got the three richest men on the planet are now in a fucking space race: Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, and that all fuck from Amazon. Aye, no, this is Elon Musk? that was it? The car guy. Instead, of, this is instead of paying taxes and providing healthcare to your fucking people. And this is, I'm not a big treasony, traitor'y guy. I don't, I don't go for that shit. If your country or your government need criticised, then by all means, fucking criticise them. This fucking standing up and saluting flags and singing national anthems like a good boy. Fuck that shit. If things need changed, they need changed. And things do need changed. And, but instead of paying your taxes, these three fucking psychopaths are now in a race to be the first billionaire in space. They're talking about colonising Mars while setting fire to Earth. And we all know this stuff doesn't make any fucking sense, but we're letting them do it anyway. It's like that that old saying, the reason that we have a union, the reason that you have a union is so that the workers don't kick the the, the owner's front door in and hang him and his family from the balcony. Because that's your alternative. Otherwise, or you can negotiate with union. And what do you get for that? You get the weekend, you get paternity pay, paternity leave, you get sick days, you get bank holidays, statutory pay, all these sorts of things. You have rights. You're not expected to work yourself to death. You see, these are reasonable requests. Most people, even under socialism, want to go to work. They want to go and earn money. They want to provide for their families. But they want to know that if you get sick, you're going to be taken care of. You shouldn't have to pay for your education because you're, you, you're going to then provide... Your The state should cover your education because it's the state and our society that ultimately benefits from you having an education because eventually then you go and create, teach, learn, build, share your knowledge, your education, your ability. So... Under our modern capitalist, our modern Western mindset, socialism bad, you ultimately will end up, like this fucking half-wit says, in the killing fields of Cambodia. I'm going to listen to this one more time, all the way through. And just be warned, this is what we're dealing with. This is a classic, he's hitting every neocon fucking talking point not everyone there's lots more of them everything every point he makes is a classic neocon talking point listen to this
1: if we pulled out if we allowed these countries to destabilize you know what happened within 10- racist. 10 racist and years guaranteed you know what happen within 10 years i bet you more than anything america pulls out with no exit strategy no long term plan for supporting these countries these countries fail racist. and they turn into I mean, we're talking Cambodia level.
0: Racist.
1: We're talking fields of corpses. Racist. China will come in with boots on the ground and fix their bodies. And there'll be Chinese vassal states.
0: Bullshit. Bullshit. It's exactly what the American West wants. It's exactly what imperialism does. And Western, white, Western imperialism. This is exactly what we do. Again, the royal way. quotes. He's talking about himself! So, what led us here? Remember where we started? Donald Rumsfeld died, burning in hell, hopefully. And I don't wish ill on any human being, but that is a fucking cunt. Yeah, and if you're watching this from other countries and you get shocked at me saying the word cunt in Ireland, we say the word cunt quite a lot. I don't give a fuck. Fuck off. Right. Um, it can be used as a term of endearment too, by the way. Oh, he's a great cunt, that fella. It's no joke. He's a grand cunt, you know, things like that. So, how did we get here? Come around the houses here. We'll come the long way. As usual, I've gone over time. We're gonna wrap this up. Donald Trump or Donald Trump, he said again, Donald Rumsfeld. One of the co-creators of the Forever War, the invaders of Afghanistan, the invaders of Iraq, the destabilizers of Libya, Syria, and many, many more. Right? What what were we supposed to do? Not fucking destroy their countries. Arm the rebels in Syria. There's a good idea. Who are the rebels? You know this. If you've heard my podcast, you know this. Who are the rebels? Islamic State of Iraq, of Iran and Syria, ISIS. So Bashir al Assad is fighting ISIS. We are funding the rebels. The rebels are fighting Bashir al Assad. Who are we funding? ISIS. Not directly, but indirectly. Really, Andrew? Yes, really, this is what's happening. Libya. Gaddafi said. If you kill me, this country will burst into flames. There are forces, there are tribal forces in Iraq, And I'm not saying that the Bashir al-Assad or Gaddafi or Saddam Hussein or any... Again, I'm not saying any of these people are good people. That cunt on the screen, Donald Rumsfeld, is an evil bastard. But those people are... Controlling their region And by, it's not up for us to fucking decide If the people of Syria want to overthrow The regime of al-Assad Who is just the puppet head of a political uh, uh, Baathist They're a Baathist party He's just a figurehead If the if the people of Syria want to cheat That's up to them If we want the Syrian Oil, we need to go and talk to them, negotiate with them. Bit of trading. Figure something out, if it means that much to us. But that's not what we do. We just, No, we want that and we're going to fucking take it. And if you don't give it to us, we're going to fucking invade your country and destroy you, set your region on fire for a hundred fucking years. Which is what happens. Ireland, the population, has still never recovered from the fucking famine in the mid-1800s. This is how long these things take to fix. These things are, they'll never be fixed in your lifetime. They'll never be fixed in your children's lifetimes. These reasons are now fucked for a hundred years because of what's going on now. That's why these things are important. So, Rumsfeld, the inventor of, the, the, the co-creator of the Forever War, Vosch, the fucking mouth on a stick of the neocon, neoliberal, conservative hierarchy in Washington, What are they talking about? We're going to leave. You can't leave these countries because... Right? Well, there it is on screen. The US switched off the lights and left Airbase without telling Afghans. What does that mean, Andrew? Well, I will explain to you in one second. I forgot to pull the article up. I'm not going to read it all. It's just a little paragraph from it. And again, this is what I went through. Uh, brought this up with uh, with Jerry. There we go. Sydney Morning Herald article. Right? The US switched off the lights and left the airbase without telling the Afghans. What does that mean? Bagram in Afghanistan. The U.S. left Afghanistan's Bagram Air Base after nearly 20 years by shutting off the electricity and slipping away in the night without notifying the base's new Afghan commander. This fucking happened last week. Afghan military officials say they discovered the Americans departure more than two hours after they left. The US announced last Friday it had completely vacated its biggest airfield in the country in advance of a final withdrawal that the Pentagon says would be completed by the end of August. We heard some rumour that the Americans had left Bagram, and finally, by seven o'clock in the morning, we understood it was confirmed that they had already left. General Mir Asdullah Koistani, Bagram's new commander, said. Imagine being the new commander of that. That's a fucking. Poison chalice if ever there was one the the u.s military spokesman colonel sonny Leggett, there's a good fucking colonel name for you did not address the specific complaints of many afghan soldiers who inherited the abandoned airfield instead referring to a statement last week the statement said the handover had been in process soon after joe biden's mid-april announcement that america was, was withdrawn the last of its forces Leggett said in the statement that they had coordinated their departures with Afghanistan's leaders. Before the Afghan army could take control of the airbase about an hour's drive from Afghanistan, Afghan's capital, Kabul, it was invaded by a small army of looters who ransacked barrack after barrack and rummaged through giant storage tents before being evicted, according to Afghan military officials. At first we thought they were Taliban, a soldier of 10 years said. Abdul Rauf, uh, said the US called from the Kabul airport and said, we're here at the airport in Kabul. They just left. They've been there for 20 years. Caused fucking death, mayhem, murder, destabilisation and just fucking left. Literally didn't even tell the Afghanis. Left. No." I'm not advocating that they fucking stay, but there's a better way of doing it than that. And that shows you the, the amount of the fucks that they don't give. They don't give a fuck. There was no reason to be in Afghanistan to begin with. The Taliban, by the way, the reason was that we that, that they were going to get, um, what do you call them, bin Laden. The Taliban were negotiating with the Americans, about, it turns out, behind the scenes to hand bin Laden over. They could have got bin Laden. The Taliban would have given over. Right? And because and, and, and you know, we, we we don't have the Taliban now. We're fucking ISIS. We all thought that blowing up statues of Buddha was the worst thing the Taliban could do. And then we got ISIS. What a great bunch of lads they are. Holy fuck. Kowastani insisted the Afghan National Security and Defense Forces could hold on to the heavily fortified base despite a string of Taliban wins on the battlefield. The Taliban are retaking Afghanistan. They can't hold out. So that's the end of that. Right? Afghanistan is going back into Taliban hands. At least huge parts of its territory are. The, The Taliban haven't gone away. They're not going away. And that's the end of that. So... why did why why has this happened and this is the fucking this is the point you know i like to go the long way around the houses don't you well this is it troop levels are down but the us says over 18,000 contractors remain in afghanistan the american troops have left but the americans leave private contractors in place the forever war that was created in conjunction with and, this, and the, the blessing of people, ghouls like Donald Rumsfeld. Where did we get? So what you end up with, the forever war, right, becomes unpopular at home. Now, I don't know if you know this, one of the things that the Barack Obama administration outlawed was the filming of the dead bodies coming back from the airports with the the American flag draped on the coffin and then they get the military escort, right? He banned that being shown on TV. A very good reason. Because people don't like to see that. That's a very stark and very undeniable uh, image, okay? No matter how hard of thinking you are, you see that and you go, right? Twenty fucking years of that becomes hard to. They still want. They want to stay here. So the Barack Obama administration banned that. They weren't allowed to show that on TV. Now for the so then the next phase of thinking. So you go well. We're going to they do things like that. So then you go into well, what are we going to do? How are we going to keep? On being here without using our troops or with a privatized war,
1: and that's where we're going,
0: that's where we're going, people. War is becoming privatized. Contractors' troop levels are down, but the U.S. says 18,000 contractors remain in Afghanistan. Now, as you can see there in that photograph, those guys are. Well, they're, they're, they're not soldiers. Don't they don't like soldiers, although they are moving a piece of military equipment. But, but a lot of those are so, most of those people over there will be soldiers, mercenaries. Contractor is code for mercenary. Was a mercenary? Soldier of Fortune, the A team. Pay the money, except they don't have a cool van. And they go in and they kill your enemies for you for free or for money. And then you don't have to deal with pesky politicians. You don't have to put things through congresses and parliaments to ask for permission to go to war. Because you get your security state, your MI6s and your CIAs and your NSS and they do it. They go and hire someone to do it. And then they don't have to use military troops. And then it doesn't, doesn't bother people. Right? So this is where we're going. So the private. So one of the one of the connections that you, you may you you may not hear of this name again. You may if you go and check it out. You, he's not a he's not a secret. He's not a particularly secretive character. Although, with given his profession, you think he would remain hidden in the shadows. But a part of the Donald Trump administration, because Donald Trump was such an unpopular person in Washington, and you must understand that to become a player in, American polit- in any politics, you have to know how the game works. Donald Trump didn't. Donald Trump was a wrecking ball. Horrible bastard, we know. But he came in. The American people, for whatever reason, voted for him. Put him into power. Well, for because the, 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 they put up against him the worst candidate in American history, Hillary Clinton. And he comes in and he has no base within Washington, within the Washington mainstream. He can't, he doesn't know who to appoint to be Secretary of Defense. He doesn't know who to make the Secretary of Education. He doesn't know who to make the Secretary of whatever, rural affairs, whatever the fuck, whatever, right. So who does he lean to? Who gives him his support? The Christian fundamentalist right. Remember all that stuff? All the laying on of hands and the praying over Donald Trump and all that shit, right? So he appoints his cabinet and it's heavily, heavily taken from the American Christian fundamentalist right wing of of American society. And the person that he put in charge of the education system was a woman called Betsy DeVos. Betsy DeVos is a billionaire yes? And one of the things that her family has done over decades is they've made a fortune from charter schools. Charter schools is a fancy word for private schools. They're privatized education. And they have a very right-wing, very Christian-y, very modern, evangelical. It, it, it's funny that you, you hear these Christians and you, you think... I really can't see Jesus doing that. So, as I say, you know, I'm not, I'm not having to go with you because you're a Christian. I'm having to go with you because you're, you're absolutely fuck all like Jesus the Christ from, from whence you take your name. Excuse me. So, Betsy DeVos gets made Secretary of Education and then sets about privatizing as much as she can schools now I listened to an interview with a man who wrote a book about the DeVos family and her in particular and he was one of her advisors and she went on J- to Japan on a well I don't know a trade trip or something but I guess going to meet her Japanese counterpart in the trade of ed- in the, in the board of Education in Japan whatever that may be whoever that may be I don't know but this person in the interviews on YouTube I should have pulled it up actually I might pull it up another because fascinating I might might do it in a different podcast He Says This woman This billionaire ass Is living such a gilded Exclusive lifestyle She saw a bus In the airport in Japan And didn't know what it was A fucking bus She asked him What is that It's A bus She'd never seen one before. This is a woman that lives a world of private jets. Stretch limousines with darkened windows. Doesn't speak to cleaners and waiters and waiters. This is not her world. She is the secretary of education. Now, she is a psycho. Check her out. Just Google her. Betsy DeVos. D-E-V-O-S. She has a brother called Eric Prince. Eric Prince is the head of an organization. I can't remember exactly. They're called Black Hawk or Black Rock or something. I think Black Rock. And they're basically a mercenary outfit. And wherever there's American mayhem in the world, Eric Prince won't be too far behind it. And a part of their mission statement is to privatize War. So within the American Washington mainstream, you now have, and he's not on his own. There's lots of these guys, but his sister was the Secretary of Education for four or five years, right? He had direct access to the, the deepest seats, deepest seat of power in Washington, direct, straight through. And these organizations are what this headline is referring to. 18,000 contractors remain in Afghanistan. Private mercenaries. They get paid fortunes to go in and do the dirty work that they don't want. The caskets with the flags draped over them coming back through the airports that they're not allowed now to show on TV. So this is what this is. This is where we are. And this is why these forms of imperialism won't go away. The American military budget can fund this, 700 billion plus dollars a year. But they don't have, they can't offer all their citizens health care. This is what you're dealing with. And this is why this is going to go on for, for, for generations and decades, because we're now pulling out, they're now pulling out troops from Afghanistan that have been there for 20 years, and they're doing the same in Iraq. But they're leaving behind these fucking animals who who are even worse. They don't... They won't suffer the indignity of a military tribunal if they fuck up. If they get caught fucking up. Fucking up's one thing. Getting caught's quite something else. So there we go. I'm done. Finished, finished, finished. Uh, it's the end of my pod. I'm gonna... Actually, I'll just show you this real quick. I wanted to, um, I'm gonna end up with, so this is the culture section. So I'm gonna put the theme tune in. Berka, 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 right? So the theme tune, um, where's the Oh no, I've lost it. There's the theme tune. Oh no, I can't find it now. Ah, pish. So I can't do the culture bit. I can't find the picture of the flower. So there was a picture of um foxglove plant. I wonder how I got here. Sorry, this is nice. I wanna end up in something nice. Cause uh, Ah, there we go. So I wonder if I do this window capture. Give me a sec, give me a sec. Stay with me. Um Yep. Yeah. there we go. Lovely, lovely. Right, so there we go. You've got that on the screen. So this is the foxglove. So this is the culture section because we've got, we've got um, politics and culture and some other shit, right? So this is the culture bit. Just get this taken. I like that one. I mean, saying I can't get much to fucking work the things that I can get to work I like to have them working properly so there we go so what is this this is the foxglove it's a plant and if you remember from my podcast with Darren Matthews I showed you this book didn't I Ireland's Trees the Myths, Legends and Folklore, you can see that right so this is kind of in, in connection with that so this is the foxglove plant. And one of the Irish names for foxglove is Myron Pucca. Myron Pucca. Which roughly translates as Goblin's Fingers. That's class, isn't it? And when you see it there on the screen, you can see in the picture quite clearly, you know, that those little bell shapes. You refer to them as bells. And when you see them, I love it when you see these things in there. Uh, Disney movies, like in Alice in Wonderland, and all you see those foxgloves, and they start talking to Alice and everything, and they, they or they become bells. Some little fucking thing will tip along and tap them, and they'll like like playing like playing a xylophone or playing bells. Lack of imagination. These boys have a lack of imagination. The Irish version of what these plants are is much better. So Myron Perka which translates as goblin's fingers. Now, in addition to that, with the folklore stuff, it is said that the furries, what they would do, is they would give the fox, which is one of my favourite animals, give the fox these to put on its paws so that it can hunt in silence. Isn't that just the best thing ever? And that's our culture bit for the day. And that's why it's our lovely Irish culture. It's why we should protect it and love it and, and share it and talk about it and be mindful of these stories. And the next time you look at a foxglove, remember that? Goblins' fingers, right? And the furries would give them to the foxes to put on their paws to help them hunt in silence. So I hope I hope that stays with you. Myron Puck. Hope that stays with you. So every time you see these, which are common everywhere, you probably got them in your own garden. Next time you see one, you'll think of that. Not that I would, I would be, that would please me greatly. And if you do, let me know. Um, okay. So I'm going to wrap this up. Like, share, subscribe, everybody. I hope you're well. I hope to have Mick Conlon on on Wednesday night. It all depends on on the fucking tech. I'm. I really. I'm. I'm. I'm a complete bewilderment and befuddlement as to way it's going on. I, re- I. really have no idea. But if um. If you, I'll uh, just close that down. If you. If you would like to join me on Saturday night, that would be great. Or Wednesday uh, evening, that would be great. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Make sure, you please do share it on your 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 social medias. Just on your little um. Podcast app, you'll have that little sort of sideways V shape, whatever it's called. That's your share thing. Stick it on the Twitter or Instagram. Check this podcast out. Get the viewers, viewers and listeners up. I would really appreciate it, and I'll say thank you right now if you do that. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So there we go. I'm going to say cheerio. I'm going to put the theme tune back on. I hope this works again. I can't have issues. I am having issues. You wouldn't believe it. So there we go. Cheery bye everybody.